welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, where we serve opinions, not judgments on all things reality TV and pop culture. If you haven't figured it out by now, I am Morgan and we have lots to discuss. I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable today because my British South African fiance is not lurking in the halls of my apartment. He is in New York City right now. So I feel like I can be as loud as I want. I can be as obnoxious as I want. Although I did put the sound panels in so that my neighbors couldn't hear me. But if you hear somebody drilling in the background, I don't know what the heck my neighbors have been doing for the past three days. But if I'm also a little bit on edge, it's because the drilling has interrupted my nap time and somebody's walking around the hallways whistling. Okay. But you're like, Morgan, let that guy, that construction worker be easy, breezy, beautiful whistle guy. But it literally has been driving me insane. And so I'm a little bit on edge. I am looking forward to this weekend, though, because I'm meeting up with David in New York City, the Big Apple. So send T's and P's that I run into. I mean, Harry Styles is there. He's performing at Madison Square Garden. I looked up tickets for like $600. Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm going to have to record some more podcast episodes before I can afford to go to Harry Styles at Madison Square Garden. But maybe like a Paige DeSorbo street moment. Uh, maybe like a Carl Radke will be walking around. Who knows? Just send the T's and P's that I get some action in the Big Apple. Also, mark your calendars because David, my lovely British South African fiance, is going to join the podcast next week. We're going to talk all about Love Island, baby, which UK just wrapped up. Uh, I know we're like late to the game, but I didn't want to be spoiler girl over here. So if you haven't finished it yet, finish it. Come listen. And let me just tell you, even if you don't watch Love Island UK, listening to my fiance talk will have you like enamored for like ever, honestly. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, the reason why David's coming on next week is A, because I want to talk about Love Island and I want to use utilize him, you know, to my advantage. But B, he's also leaving soon. <laughs> no, uh, he goes back to London on September 3rd. We're still just waiting it out, guys. We got to wait for the U.S. government to send us a little fiancé visa, as he would say, so we can just get this thing done and dusted. But until then, he's got to go back and forth. So like I, I've said it a million times already, I need T's and P's. But let's get into our pop three. These are the three biggest headlines of the weekend. And my first... Is just it just says weddings with like 18 exclamation marks because everybody and their grandma got married this weekend. Bedifer, Sarah Hyland and Wells Adams, Brock Davies and Sheena Marie, little cousin Nico got married, Aunt Susie got married, everybody but me. But you know, you know what I realized? I was like, man, everybody's getting married this weekend. Next year, 2023. It'll be my weekend. It'll be my weekend. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Okay. The one wedding that most people cared about is the one wedding that I literally do not care at all about. And that would be Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. I mean, it's definitely 
the highest celebrity profile wedding of the three, but like, I just don't care. Um, you know, they had an all white wedding. It looked very beautiful, but also saw that Sheena and Brock, they both were in all white. So it's like, how pissed do you think Sheena is? Like literally, literally. Okay. Here's just a little tea on Ben and JLo. Casey Affleck, Ben's brother, was not there. Leah Remini, who is BFFs with JLo, not there. Radar Online is saying that their relationship has taken a little bit of a backseat since Benny Boo Boo came back into the picture. I don't know if that's true or not. But did you see the decorations at the Benefer 2.0 wedding? Okay, I put a little link here so that I could see. Of course, it's a people exclusive because everybody does that these days. But two A-list Hollywood actors, singers, had this kind of wedding decoration at their ceremony. A wooden board, brown wooden board in white cursive says, Love never fails. Okay, that's not it. That's not all, folks. Another brown wooden board that says, love always protects, it always trusts. I'm hearing they had about 10 or 11 of these wooden boards. So, you know, you know, you guys owe me an apology for this. The gather sign. If you're watching on Instagram right now, you could probably see it. If you're listening to me in the car, I'm holding my dearly beloved gather sign that I was absolutely dogged for having. Someone literally sent me a DM that said she's a 10, but she has a gather sign in her living room. All right, we'll take it up with Jennifer Lopez, who might as well have had the word gather on the altar. Because of all the wooden boards she had. But, you know, not everybody has A-list celebrity taste like I do. Okay, moving on to our next celebrity wedding. Sheena and Brock of Vanderpump Rules filming in full effect with this one. It seems like they had a little bit of a joint like bachelorette, bachelor party leading into their wedding because they were all in Cancun earlier in the week. The girls were on boats. They were dancing. They were having a good time. Honestly, have not been keeping up with Brock Davies, so I don't know what they were doing, Um, but another people exclusive. So who was there? Ariana, some former... Vanderpump Rulers, Kristen, Jax, Brittany was there. The Toms, Schwartz and Sandy, Lala, Raquel, James, James's girlfriend, Allie. The big question, where in the world was Katie Maloney? She was in Cancun. From all of the internet sleuthing that I have seen, it does not appear that Katie Maloney was at the wedding. They have unfollowed each other on social media. Um, everything that I've seen about maybe why Katie potentially wouldn't go, maybe why they aren't friends anymore, is that Sheena did a podcast episode with Tom Schwartz, you know, shortly after they announced that they were getting divorced and talked about the Raquel rumors. Remember that rumor way back in the day that Raquel and Tom Schwartz were at Coachella. It ended up not being true, but you know, she was like, well, can we make that um, rumor true in Cancun? So I don't know. That's neither here nor there. Um, Sheena Shea. Oh, I can't call her Sheena Shea. She is not married to that man anymore. Sheena Marie Honey Davies, I think. 
I think maybe no crop top dress. I feel a little betrayed, honestly. It's not all happening if Sheena Marie is not in a crop top wedding dress, but she looked stunning. She had a, a tight lace dress, um, a sheer overlay skirt that she took off during the reception. She looked gorgeous. Brock in all white had some chains on his on his boots. I, I don't know what the, the chains on the boots is about, but Brock, live your life. Love y'all. Okay, finally, the last wedding. And, and you guys, the three weddings are not the pop three. The three weddings, one story because I just, there's too much to talk about. Sarah and Wells. So Sarah Highland, you know, she's Love Island host. She was on Modern Family. Wells Adams, Bachelor in Paradise, superstar, bartender. Best wedding of the weekend. They didn't get the people exclusive. Vogue. Vogue for Wells Adams. The Bachelor in Paradise bartender, Jennifer Lopez, people exclusive. I mean, uh, okay, I guess I'm really not the only one that did not care about Benefer 2.0 getting married because they didn't get Vogue. Wells Adams got Vogue. So the guest list here was very uh, uh, Bachelor. I mean, Bachelor Nation was in full force. Nick Vile and his girlfriend, Natalie, all of the cast of Modern Family, Sofia Vergara, a little something, something we saw behind the scenes was our dear friend Michael A. dancing with a uh, Danielle Maltby. Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, can't say much about that other than the fact that, that they probably met on the beaches of Mexico a couple months ago. But who knows? Who knows? So yeah, there you have it. Those were the three weddings. Next year, we can just add Morgan and David to that list and we'll see you know, what other celebs I share a wedding weekend with. Let's move on to uh, quite literally the opposite end of the spectrum because we got some big divorces this week as well from our love is blinders. About a week ago, Iana and Jarrett announced their divorce. Now they were on season two. Then on Sunday of this week, Nick Thompson and Daniel Rule, it came out that she submitted paperwork to divorce him. Those two were the only two couples to get married at the end of season two of Love is Blind. So let's start with Jarrett and Ayana. Um, of course, they did a long Instagram post. I'm going to read 18 million Instagram posts when we do the deep dive on Beverly Hills this week, so I can't be bothered. But after doing some digging, it seems like they're at least on good terms. Jarrett posted a photo that said, in a world full of opinions, I have everything to be grateful for. And then Ayana commented below it, and said, that's right, live your life. So seems like they're okay. I mean, if I hated my ex, I wouldn't be like, that's right, live your life. Like they were getting blocked, okay? So neither Danielle nor Nick have publicly announced their divorce yet. Um, but according to E! News, Danielle submitted the documents to a Chicago court on August 15th. And that's according to legal records obtained by E! News on August 21st. We knew something was up because Danielle's Instagram, she was wilding out. She was posting the Chloe quotes. She was post. We can now say the Kim quotes because she did it with Pete too. And like red flags were just flying everywhere. They were saying things like, 
When things fall apart, consider the possibility that life knocked it down on purpose. They weren't following each other. Then she goes on her Instagram story and says, you know, I want to clarify the quotes from the book are not about Nick. Sometimes people forget that people have things that go on outside of relationships. Well, sis, you posted that damn well knowing that you were filing for divorce if you had not filed for divorce already. A lot of comments being made about whether or not, you know, all of these announcements are made when a contractual obligation is up. Because what are the likely, like, what's the chances that two of the couples, the only two couples that got married on the show, announce their divorce within four days of each other? You know, and they're like, oh, is it a year? Like, is their contract up? Is this why they're allowed to say anything? Okay. Well, also this week, what I think is interesting is, of course, the After the Altar trailer for Netflix dropped this week. After the Altar is all about what happens after the experience of Love is Blind checks in on all the couples. I mean, we got Natalie and Shane drama. We got Deep Dee and Kyle maybe wanting to pursue a relationship. You know, Shayna is now married to somebody else. And Nick and Danielle still married. Jarrett and Ayana still married. Although in the trailer, it does seem like there is some something going on between Jarrett and Ayana. So I don't know. I think after the altar is still a part of the show. So, you know, I, I have no information on when their contract is up, but typically, you know, when you do a reality show, at least in bachelor world, I can speak a little bit of experience from, um, your, your contract lasts about a year after the season finished airing. I think sometimes it's different for different people. Um, for example, Katie, um, her contract was supposed to be a year from when her last episode aired. But I know um, some other people, like if they're not the lead, if they're just a cast member, it's like, uh, no, actually, I think it all is a year from where it aired. And that's why you don't, that's why I can't get people like Michael A on the show until whatever. Now he's not coming until another year because he went on Bachelor freaking in Paradise. Anyways, you guys get what I'm trying to say. I. I'm the only person not surprised by these divorces. I feel like Love is Blind is the most ridiculous show ever. I was trying to think like what show out there is more ridiculous than falling in love in a pod, getting engaged to somebody without even seeing their face, only being able to hug them after they've accepted a proposal. And then you move into the real world together and you suss it out. Um, and then I thought, well, the only show more ridiculous is The Bachelor. You know, you get two dates and then ta-da, we're engaged, you know, like it's just, it is what it is. So we'll see. I'm excited to watch uh, after the altar. Okay. Third and final headline. I'm going to move through this one quickly because I'm long-winded today. Um, the Whitney and Naomi hookup happening right now on Southern Charm. So, hey, Lord, baby Jesus, help me. Give me peace. Give me comfort. Give me joy when I'm about to talk about Naomi. And Whitney. Okay. The storyline to end all storylines, Whitney and Naomi hook up. According to Naomi, Whitney and her have a little rendezvous after the dog wedding. That sentence alone, that sentence alone tells you where we are in this season of Southern Charm. Naomi and Whitney hook up after a dog wedding. That's the cards that we have been dealt this season. So in the opening scene of this last episode, Naomi 
is on the phone with Austin. She's talking with Leva and it comes up that they kissed Whitney allegedly. That's my conspiracy. I'm like winking into the camera right now and I'm knocking everything over. But, you know, they allegedly hooked up. So later in the episode, people start finding out Shep and Taylor, uh, they get to the camping trip. Um, Naomi gets to pick her room because Whitney's trying to impress her. Um, you know, there's a scene of Leva, Naomi and Vanita talking about it in the cabin. And then at the end of the episode, Craig finds out and chaos ensues. Honestly, I'm not mad about Naomi and Whitney because other than that, what have we gotten a dog wedding? That's what we've got for a whole episode last time around. There does need to be, and I thought maybe this was just a ploy, okay? Because it seems so just, just mind-boggling. And, you know, it reminded me of, of Summer House this season when the whole Kristen Cavallari thing came out. And in the scenes with Lindsay, you never see Lindsay's face saying, I heard Craig was yada, yada, yada with Kristen Cavallari. You never see her saying that. It's always dubbed over. It's always, you know, in a hallway with the surveillance camera. It's never like they're filming a scene. So when I went back and watched when Leva, Naomi, and Vanita were all in um, the room together, they do the same thing when when Leva's talking about Whitney. You know, she's like, uh, are we worried about Craig finding out that you hooked up with Whitney? You know, when she says that... Leva's face isn't on the screen. It's another weird edit. And anytime I see that, anytime on Bravo that I see somebody saying something, but I don't see their face actually saying it, I question it. Think about that the next time you watch any Bravo show, and I promise you, you will see things differently. But this has to be the reason that Naomi is the narrator, right? It makes no sense. She literally hasn't even been in any other episode. She gave us no tea on her split with Matul. I mean, the only other thing that has been going on, and it's only been recently, is like sussing out her relationship with Craig. So I don't know. You know, Naomi did say on Watch What Happens Live that she was dating, that she was happy. I don't believe that it is with Whitney. And we're putting a pin in that. Okay, longest pop three ever, but we've had a lot to discuss. Let's get into the deep dive. Every single week on my Instagram page at Morgan P Talks, I open up the deep dive submissions to you. What is it that you want to know more about? And this week we're talking about what in the world is happening with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, both on the show and on social media, because it hit the fan this week. Lots of people wanted me to do this deep dive on Beverly Hills, in particular, Megan, in particular, Alex, who both submitted deep dive questions, but never responded to me about being on the podcast. So I still love you like a sis, but answer my DMs if you want to do the deep dive questions. So let's just start with the show itself and then we'll get into what has been happening online this week. Um, no new episode last night, which thank God, because I record these episodes on Wednesday and I always feel like I'm just behind. Anyways, two big fights. One at the beginning of last week's episode where they get into it with Sutton being called a liability. She then calls Erica the real liability because she has all these lawsuits ahead of her. And, you know, Erica's like, I told you to be quiet and like literally about to jump over the table at Sutton. And then literally 
Split second later, it flips on its head and Diana goes, I feel like out of all the women here, you're the most guarded one to Garcelle. And Garcelle's like, huh? Are you? Me? Literally nobody was talking anything about Garcelle. And for some reason, Diana was like, Garcelle, I feel like you, you are the most guarded one. And, and Lisa Renna's like, do you hear her? Girl, Lisa. No, Lisa. We can't hear anybody but you because you are screaming every five seconds. It's always the Fox Force 5 against Garcelle and Sutton. Fans truly are having like enough of Erica, Lisa, Dorit, and Kyle literally sitting there manipulating the situations. Every time Kyle Richards is like, how does that make you feel? I'm like, you are not in a confessional right now. Do not ask, you know what you're doing. You have been on the show long enough. And this is a really great point that Tamara Judge said whenever she left the Real Housewives of Orange County, went on Ultimate Girls Trip, and now is back. She was like, that break was the best thing for me because I became a professional housewife. These women have become professional housewives where they know exactly how to manipulate a situation. They know how to manipulate a scene and fans can just see right, right through it. And, and you know, Lisa Renna, I, I do have sympathy for her. I don't know what it's like to lose somebody that close to me. And it's like in one, in one moment, I'm like, man, I feel so bad for her losing her mom. That has to be the worst type of pain, especially when you're close with your mother. And and I don't I don't know what it's like to grieve, but but to just flip on a switch and to be so awful to people, people aren't going to have sympathy for you when you treat others that way. They're just not going to, even if it is valid in your mind that you're not emotionally stable right now. People aren't going to see that. All they're going to see is you popping off left and right. But then, but then Lisa's like, she's like, we need to live, laugh, love. You know, we we need to live, laugh, love. When she's like, we need to come from a place of love. When 10 minutes earlier, the veins were literally popping out of her head. And then at the end of the episode, there's another argument. It all comes back to Sutton being the liability. You know, they say that means um, that Sutton is a hindrance for Garcelle getting to know anybody else. And it's like, uh, actually, the hindrance of anybody getting to know anybody else is that Fox Force 5 minus Teddy because she's no longer here. I mean, really? You're going to say that Sutton is the reason why Garcelle can't get to know anybody? When when literally, it, in the same breath, Erica goes, these women are the closest to me. And you know, Garcelle's like, I know. Y'all pretty much have it tattooed on your forehead. FFF, Fox Force 5, we get it. And then Lisa's like, I'm not having your back right now. Like, we, we know, Lisa, you don't ever have Sutton or Garcelle's backs. You only really have Erica's back. And it's like, at this point in the show, they're handing out drinking problems. They're like, you got a drinking problem. You got a drinking problem. Everybody on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has a drinking problem. Now, obviously, I don't know. I don't know. Erica's going through a lot. She's on medication. She probably shouldn't be mixing alcohol with said medication. But now they're like, oh, but Sutton, 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 what about your drinking problem? It's like, come on, you guys. 
Seriously. Then Garcelle gives us the best moment of the season, literally. Iconic. Erica, I don't have to make you look bad. You can do that on your own. Write it on my tombstone. No in loving memory of Morgan Page. None of that. On my tombstone, I want Erica. I don't have to make you look bad. You can do that on your own. So there's the gist of the, you know, the drama on the show. But there's another clique that's starting to emerge from the pack. And it is Lisa Renna, Erica Jane, and Diana Jenkins. Name a more unlikable trio. I mean... Really? And they're always going back and forth on social media, talking about the show and whatnot. Um, But it really, really, really hit a new level of low. And that being Instagram users, Team Dianaers, a lot of people speculating that these are actually robots, you know, on Instagram because they have those. Um, Leaving nasty comments on Garcelle on Garcelle's son, Jax's Instagram page. On a 14-year-old's Instagram page, these people are writing things like, your mom needs to stop talking about Diana and and Erica, like on a 14-year-old's Instagram. Also, just to keep it real, writing very racist things on his Instagram. It's disgusting. I'm not going to read it because honestly, it, it like makes me sick to think that somebody, robot or human, alien, I don't freaking know, is writing these kind of nasty comments to a 14-year-old online. If you want to know what it is, look it up. It's very easy to find, I promise you. Um, but Garcelle posted on her Instagram and said, I'm usually a very strong woman. I've raised my kids or excuse me, I've raised to be strong. My life has taught me to be strong. But when it comes to my kids, it hurts. It's not okay. I've been in tears all night. It's just a TV show. People scream at your TV, throw things at your TV, but leave our kids alone. Lisa Renna did post something similar. You know, she said, we're doing a show. Don't talk about our kids. She mentioned Kyle because this happened earlier this season with Portia. She mentioned Garcelle as obviously it's happening now with Jax. And she mentioned Erica because according to Lisa, there are people uh, messaging Erica's son, like death threats and stuff as well. And like I said, All of these people, robots, whatever the heck they are, that are writing these things to Jax on Instagram, it all appears to be in support of Diana. You should know that you can buy comments. You can buy followers. You can buy robots. That's nothing new. And Bravo fans are really coming for Diana right now saying like, hey, all you have to do is post on your Instagram story like, To my followers, stop harassing Garcelle's son on Instagram. The defense in Diana is that it's her birthday, okay, of all days. I mean, really. She's not on her phone. She doesn't know what's going on. Yes, she is. She's on her phone. Okay, come on. She actually was looking at a Bravo account's Instagram stories about this whole situation, and the Bravo account screenshotted it. And it's it said her Instagram name with the little blue check mark and is like, oh, you want to say that Diana isn't on Instagram because it's her birthday? Why is she watching my story about her in real time? You know who she spent her birthday with? Rinna and Erica. 
At least that's what it seems. Diana posted a birthday cake. It was you know, lit up with all the freaking sparklers. And it's like, thank you, Erica and Lisa for the birthday cake. I mean, it's next level. Not only are they saying bad things about Garcelle's son, Jax, they're also saying things about Garcelle's son, Oliver, mocking his past with addiction. It's just really not cool. And, you know, Garcelle posted this Instagram from Jax. This is the one that I am going to read because I think it's important. Um, It says, from Jax. Well, I'd like to start off by saying that I am still a kid and wish to not be viewed as a fully matured adult because I'm not one. It is currently my first week of high school, and instead of enjoying it like most kids at my school, I have to deal with being attacked on social media. I did not sign up for this show, nor do I have anything to do with the show's drama. I just want to be a normal kid. The purpose of my Instagram account is not for publicity nor the public's gaze, but to be seen by my peers as just another kid. I really wanted to avoid going private, but I just have to at this point. The constant support from everyone makes it much more tolerable. However, middle-aged women spamming me with racist and crude comments about my family is not what I expected for my first week of high school. Thank you all for the positive comments. It truly means a lot to me. Can you believe that 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 is where we are in this season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? And nobody has said anything about it on Instagram, except for Garcelle and Lisa Renna, not Kyle, not Dorit, not Sutton, not Crystal, not Erica. I mean, Erica is too busy posting back in the studio, remixing its expenses to be me, probably making cocktails on her Instagram with a paid sponsorship. She can't be, she can't be bothered with a 14 year old being harassed. Honestly, to wrap it up here, after I got done watching last week's episode, I felt a way that I've never felt watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I felt gross. I was like, this does not feel good. And, you know, of course, like we watch these women fight and argue and and we like the conflict, but it feels different on Beverly Hills this season. And I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't need to be like this. It doesn't need to involve, you know, children. It's just gotten to such a a dark place that it's not enjoyable anymore. And, you know, in in honest, I'll just be 100% honest with you. A lot of my reaction to last week's episode was to Lisa Renna. I was like, this is just horrible. It's horrible. And she gets on Instagram and is like, I think I've been meaner in past seasons. Not really something to brag about, first and foremost, but but second of all, if you are going through a difficult time and you watch this back and your reaction is, I I think I've been meaner. You should you should have enough self-awareness to say, I think I need to sit this next one out. You know. But it's Lisa Rinna, so who knows? Okay, to wrap up this week's MPT, we're going to talk a little Bachelorette, specifically Tino's dad. Tino's dad is out here wilding in the streets, and not only on this week's episode of The Bachelorette, he's doing it on social media, and we are going to get all up into it. So this week, we had hometowns. Everyone's talking about 
Tino's dad. He's in the rankings of Barb, Aunt Lindsay, Tino's dad for biggest grilling of all time. What was his name? Tony. I want to say it was Tony. I'm not sure. We're going to call him Tony. Even I woke up from a text or I woke up with a text message from David who's on a work trip. I guess they literally screened this. Like <laughs> They got a projector on David's work trip and, and watched this week's episode of The Bachelorette together as a company. I mean, I would like to work for that company, but I woke up with this text from David that says, I'm surprised they aired Tino's hometown. It was basically 15 minutes of his parents ripping the entire concept of the show. I mean, Tino's parents were so rough. Oh, I was like sweating everywhere. From a parent's perspective, I do understand because, I mean, like I said, this podcast episode, it's the most ridiculous show you know, in the reality TV world, you're supposed to figure out if you're going to marry this person after having one date with them, maybe two and an overnight date. Like it's just is absolutely insanity, but also like chill, dude, you don't have to make this girl cry. I mean, I mean, our Rachel, God bless her. She cries at the, at the drop of a hat, but she didn't cry. She stayed strong for this one, but she almost cried. So, you know, our friend Susanna from bachelor data, she was on the podcast not too long ago. She did a deep dive with us all about, you know, who potentially the winner is, screen time. Susanna's the best. Susanna found that Tino's dad was talking crap about her on his public Facebook page. Okay, here is what Tino's dad said about Susanna and Bachelor Dana. His name is Joe. <laughs> I like Tony better. Tino and Tony. Can we call him Tony? We're calling him Tony. Okay. Tony slash Joe says, Bachelorette update. Week two and our son Tino is still alive and received another rose. If you barely saw them on this week's episode, it wasn't because you nodded off. A friend shared this graphic, which was one of Bachelor Data's posts. He says, looks like a piece of luggage received more screen time than Tino. He says, zoom in. What nerd keeps these stats? At least he didn't do a handstand in his Speedo. <laughs> what? <sighs> Tony. Joe Tony. Tony Joe. Don't call Susanna a nerd. She had a major clapback, and she was like, you know, very similar to the sports world, Mr. Tino's dad. Multi-million dollar businesses are made in keeping track of football and basketball stats. So I also have a business of keeping bachelorette stats for people who are interested, and I also help women learn Excel and data. Tony Joe. So then I messaged Susanna. And I'm like, dude, what is the deal with Mr. Tino's dad? And she sent me more screenshots of other things that he was saying on his very public profile about The Bachelorette. Someone wrote, good luck to your son. I hope he wins. I hate that show, but I would watch it to see if Franco win. Here is what Joe Tony said back. Now, what does winning mean? Not sure there is a good way out. <laughs> At this point, it is very possible that Rachel and Tino are together. 
there's a very good chance, at least a 33% chance. Oh, no, she has four people, 25% chance. Look, they cut Avon out of the episode. He's not winning. There's a 33% chance that Rachel has, no, no, 50. I forgot that she sent Tyler home. There's a 50% chance that she ends up with Tino. Could you imagine your dad saying stuff like this on the internet, knowing that Bachelor Nation, I like to call us the insane clown posse because we literally are insane in the men brain, literally looking up every little thing that every little person does. People are going to find this. I just can't believe Tony's out here wilding out. I just want to remind you that Morgie's final prediction for the season has been and still remains that Eric will end up with Gabby, which I can't, I cannot even talk about Eric and Tino will end up with Rachel. We're getting close to the finish line. We're almost there, but I I'm feeling strong in my prediction unless Tony Joe ruins it for everybody. We could have another barb on our hands. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. Here's what I want you to do today. Maybe not everybody because, well, you'll find out. I want you, if you're listening to the podcast right now, if you live it, if you love it, if you want to gather as the MPT fam, I want you to screenshot you listening to the podcast, post it on your Instagram story, tag me in it. I want to reshare it. I want to let the people of the world know the people of the Instagram world, Diana's robots that she bought to heckle Garcelle's son. I want to let the people know that MPT is what you need to be listening to. So if everybody does it, I'm not going to do it because obviously I'm not going to be that girl that shares 18 million posts, but I feel like maybe one or two of you will. So do it. And while you're at it, leave a review, a little five-star rating, boop, boop, five seconds, you're crystal clear, you're out of here. You can also leave a little love you like assist because I do. I love you like a sis, and I'll see you back here next week with David to talk about Love Island, baby. Goodbye. Ahura Media Production.